I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, you, you looked like you were looking for somebody. Get away from me. Oh, fuck. You can tell me anything you like. I had no problem putting her to her end. You didn't run any trouble traveling out there? Come here to be trouble. I don't actually like that short form. My name is Elizabeth. None of my friends thought it was a wise thing. My parents basically abandoned me. That's that's a classic Doran move. Uh, Red, come back in here. Ah, ah, ah. Ah. Hi. Red. B, you old so-and-so. <laughs> Thank you.
Dai Shame. This is episode 43, What the Cat Dragged In. MVP this week is Mari Karniski for being a supportive fan on both our Discord and Patreon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mari. Malevolent is an original Lovecraftian audio drama whose story arc is directly influenced by the whims of our lovely patrons. If you haven't heard it yet, you'll definitely want to check it out now that it's being released on its own podcast feed. We're editing the weekly release into five chapter chunks and putting it out every month or so. It's atmospheric, chilling, intriguing, and all of it is 100% done by our own Mr. Harlan Guthrie. Honestly, take a listen. I guarantee you're going to love it. Part one is called The Dark World and is available wherever you get your podcasts. It's pretty spooky. (laughs) All right, should we do this? Yeah. Let's go. So we've been playing this game called D and D. Is that what we've been doing? We've been we've been playing a whole different game, Harlan and I, in our real oh. life called Detective. In our real life, not this fake life. Is this, this the fake D and D life? Yeah, Detective, the board game. It's awesome. We have this cork board in our office now that's dedicated to like an old school murder map mm. where there are like post-it notes and pieces of yarn connecting. Oh, super cute. Joe is really big on the yarn. She's like, I got to yarn these up. Yeah. <laughs> My Not job even connecting is... to anything relevant, just yarn. It's <laughs> a yarn board. Actually, this is a game that I asked Rob to get for me when he was down at Gen Con two years Aww. prior. Oh, yeah. I, me- I remember messaging you and I was like, hey, can you get- find this game? Because at that point they were only selling it there, but I right. ended up getting it really because Rob good. said no. Because I'm a jerk like that. Which, having now gone to Gen Con, I recognize why you did that. Because Gen Con is a massive place. It's true. Yeah, it's huge. Oh, I'm I'm sad. I wanted to go to Gen Con this mm-hmm. year. Me too. Yeah. But you know what? I think we should make an agreement right here live on recording no, that we go to Gen anyone. Con next year. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Strongly, maybe. Yeah. Well, let's do it. You have my strong nose. maybe. Sure. 100%. Alex said sure. He did it. <laughs> nice. Too late. I see who you're really trying to pressure. Well, I Rob, think it'd be cool if Dice Shame went to Gen Con. That'd be awesome. I don't feel like it'd be hard to twist Rob's arm because he's been there and he enjoys it. Alex yeah. is someone who literally doesn't... Leave the house. You know, he does this for <laughs> us and that's it. But when we do go to Gen Con, I think it'll be really awesome to meet up with some of our other podcast friends. There's a few mm, yeah. few indie podcasts that we've connected with and, and it'll be really exciting to play a tabletop game with them. Absolutely. Also, I think some of our fans in our Facebook community have said when we go down to Gen Con next, they're interested in meeting up and making us some signature cocktail. My Definitely. goodness. Siggy Cox. So you know Liz we're Liz Wilcox. Down. She wants to, she's made a drink for each of us. Dimension Door Podcast. That's the one. Yeah. They're ones that we're definitely going to meet up. They've made a Crayloth drink, a Jack drink, a Red and a Doran drink. And no Joe a, drink. And not a Joe drink. But you know what? Drink. Orin drink? An orange Maybe drink? it could be something with orange or- juice. Orange juice and soda. <laughs> <laughs> orange juice and soda. Orange drink is like swamp water. He's oh, like, no. I mix all the pops. <laughs> so cute. Just a screwdriver. Speaking of drinks, Crayloth and Jack, the two of you are sitting in the tavern in Belliard and a tabaxi walks in but it's not red whoa it's this female tabaxi she's darker brown than red is and she's got green eyes and she has a bow strapped to her back she looks a little bit weary of travel and she looks around she's got this expectant look on her face and she she looks around and then her face sort of falls a little bit I wonder if there's almost a moment when, when she steps in where, you know, a beer or two in, a tabaxi walks in, oh, hey, oh, never mind, you're not who I, like, the, like almost like. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. I, I had a certain set of expectations. So we all just look alike to you, eh, Rob? Well, well you know. <laughs> You know, I had to. You know, I was thinking about this when Doran was saying, like, oh, a tabaxi. And, like, we, we have a friend tabaxi. Like, I was thinking about how in D&D, like, with these races, like, it kind of would no, be such fair. a small world to see another tabaxi that it would be like, oh, I know a tabaxi. And it wouldn't be totally, like. Especially from someone like, like Red. He'd be like, of course, ask every tabaxi. Yeah. And then, Jack, do you do you raise a hand? I, I I do think, yeah, he he waves and says hi. And then like halfway through that commits to it, realizing that's not red at all. Yeah. But commits to it. I love that. <laughs> hi. I'm really friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she'll walk over. Do you know that tabaxi? I don't know. I thought it was red for a minute. Ooh. Just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> uh, hi. Hi. Uh, Hello there. Hey, you, you looked like you were looking for somebody. I was, yes. Ooh. My name's B. Oh, hey, B. Uh, I'm Jack. This is Krayla. Hello. Um, nice to meet you. It's a pleasure. Um, uh, who are you looking for? Are you, are you hungry? I just ordered some chicken, and we, we, we got some beers here, but... Uh, oh, that's so nice of you. Yeah. Why, thank you. I would love to sit. Yes. Please, please grab a seat. You, you can have some of my food. Well, we'll just order more. Uh, Maurice, can we get uh, another plate of, uh, what would you like, some tibs? Sure, of course. Oh, some, some tibs, please, Maurice. I kind of feel like tibs, too. So if you don't mind, we can just kind of share off of each other's plates. And uh... Yeah, she like tucks in beside you, surprisingly familiar. Her long tail like curls around one of the uh, barstool legs. Huh. And she sort of sets down her traveling haversack and goes for it didn't run any trouble traveling out there it's kind of wild these days thankfully it's been quite a long day for me oh yeah where'd you start Mm. oh just up the road some i crossed this stone bridge really beautiful no way yes we were there a couple of days ago i've never seen anything like it it's dwarven dwarven so so our friend says yeah i I don't know a thing about dwarves What else can you tell me about it? Uh, Oh, I can tell you all kinds of shit about it. And given an opportunity to like lose himself in something historical, Jack will like go through everything he knows about the dwarf king who lost the battle up there. Although like he'll just like talk her ear off pretty much. She's a surprisingly attentive pupil. And that's when the door opens to permit Red. Immediately his eyes fall onto the back of a tabaxi. And Kraloff and Jack on the bar. And just very loudly he goes, Oh, fuck. And he turns around and walks out. Uh, hey, Red, what? No, no, no. Did you say Red? Yeah, that, that was our friend Red over there. Yeah. Uh, Red, come back in here. Red is like quickly walking away, like towards the town square, just as Doran's coming back. Uh, oh, hey, hey Doran. Uh, where are you going? I thought uh, I thought I was going to meet you guys at the tavern here. Um, uh, Red sort of takes a moment, looks back at the bar, looks back at Doran and says, uh, Doran, do you remember back in uh, Waterdeep when we were in that bar and the, the barman said there was someone looking for me, another tabaxi named B? No, but I'll tell you what. Let's have a drink. And I grab your arm no, 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 and no, I no, like, just, start just, pulling just, just, you towards just wait. the tavern. Doran, just, right. 
Okay. So there's a tabaxi looking for you. What? What are they? Uh, an old master or something? I don't know how their relationships work with your folk. No, it, it's a little more complicated than that. Um, uh, look, look. I just I think it's best to. Uh, well, why don't we go check out Thalys's house? I'm fairly look. certain that Jack and Kralot said that they were going to meet us here at the tavern, and so I think we should go. Doran, just wait. I think B sort of stood up and turned around and then you were gone. Huh. So she turns back to Jack and Kraloth. Oh, do you know Red? Um, yeah. I I mean, I sort of do in a manner of speaking. Well, I'll be. Small world. It's really more of a, a great big world. Um, so you came from where Red came from? You know him from, from back home? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, we know each other from back home, uh, Mastica. Yeah, he, what did he tell me? Uh, just wanted to wander for adventure, looking for a place to sell his, his bow and arrows. Uh, wonderful Fletcher. Is that what he told? Mm. I mean, I've, I've heard wonderful things about him, yes. I'm supposed to be his apprentice. Oh, can I roll? I just want to, like, get a gut feel for how truthful she's being. Just to sort of sure, yeah, absolutely. Roll insight. Uh, I got a whole seven. A whole seven. Yeah. Like a nice round seven. Like a, like a round prime. An integer seven. Of all the tobaccos that seven. you know, <laughs> she seems like she knows red for sure. Mm. Red's just very seriously... Doran, just hold on. She's, she's my apprentice. See, when I come from... If you're a Fletcher or you're a guild artisan of some sort, you're meant to have an apprentice. And this one uh, is that. So she was your apprentice for arrow fletching? She hasn't become my apprentice yet. You just told me she was. Where I come from, see, every guild artisan is meant to have an apprentice. And oh. they're sent after and it's very rigorous and very demanding. And you have to be somewhere that they can contact you. And it's 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 just, it's it's a oh. it's something I didn't want to do. And now that she's here, Doran, I need your help. Go in there and... Distractor. You're more or less what my kind might call a deadbeat trainer. Oh. Yes, probably. <laughs> Is that a good thing? <laughs> so you basically abandoned your apprentice before you even really got to know them. The person in there is someone I want to avoid. How are you going to help me? But you can't avoid the inevitable, Red. She's hunted you down thus far. I met her in the blacksmiths, actually. I, I told her to come here to meet you because I thought it might be... Oh, Great. I thought she was a good-looking, uh, you know, animal person. <laughs> I, I thought maybe you might think she's a better-looking animal person. What? She's no goblin. Being an animal person yourself, Doran, and like, and and for for the first moment, uh, Red has this really sort of helpless. He he like sits on the side of the well, and he's like, Doran, how how am I supposed to? What am I supposed to do? I'm no I'm no teacher. I can't. I can't try to help this. I, I'm lost. Back in the bar, B is like hungry for details. The same way that sometimes Jack is hungry for knowledge. Where she's like, so please, any, anything that you have to tell me about Red. Um, mm. What was it like to adventure with him for so long? Cool. Yeah, and, and almost... Jack's happy to answer lots of them because he likes to talk. Yeah, he yeah. likes to talk and hear his own voice and be distracted. But I think almost every one of them ends with like a question about Tabaxi or about B or about Red's past or about like stuff. Trying to like fish for just as much information as she's trying to get. Like, oh yeah, we ended. I hired him to go on an archaeological dig. That's how we met Kraloth and him. And in Waterdeep, they took a boat to Waterdeep. Where did you? How did you end up That's here? Fantastic. How did 
you get across. Mm-hmm. Well, I, of course, was on a boat for a very long time to get across, and I just, I really can't abide the water at all. So that was a terrible journey for me. But I knew that at the end of it, I would find my teacher. And so I was just thrilled to be going on this adventure. Mm. I mean, after I was done throwing up every day. But then after after the, the ship, I'm sure you had to go on an even bigger adventure across the land. And uh, had you been to the mainland before? No, this was my first time ever in Faerun. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I'm so thrilled to be here and I'm, I'm learning so much. Anyway, um, you should excuse me. I've just, I mean, he must not have seen me. Red is like sitting there and he looks up at Doran and says, what, what do I do? You know, Red, you cannot escape the inevitable. For example, when I was married the first time I got married and it was a difficult situation because Yes, you, you mentioned it was a it was a goblin. I told I, I I told you about this? Yes. And he like pats the stone next to him for you to sit down. Oh and like lifts you a little bit so you can sit on the well next to him. When I fell in love with a goblin, um none of my friends thought it was a wise thing. My parents basically abandoned me. Um and I was left to figure it all out on my own. But what I realized was that you really can't avoid the inevitable, and sometimes you have to face difficult things in life head on. And I think that we, together, should go in and meet this apprentice of yours and see what's really up. Because at some point, uh, you're going to have to. And Red really does listen to Doran. When it comes to military tactics, uh, Red, for all of his aloofness, feels like he has a good footing in that. And when it comes to sort of emotional empathy, Red has a good footing in that. But when it comes to problem solving in those worlds, when they don't have a clear solution, you know, when it, come to, when it comes to Kraloth, he doesn't understand how it started, so he abandons it. When it comes to the Grudhog, he doesn't see a clear solution, so he wants to abandon it. And to an extent, that's what he did here as well. Mm. But something resonates within Red as Doran speaks, and he sort of nods. Oh, all right. All right. Yes. Yes. Of course. What is, I mean, right? Yeah. I... We have to continue our adventure. B will understand that I can't stop and train her. We'll figure out a solution. And he stands up and helps you off the uh, well. And as we start heading towards the tavern, he's like, you know, I'd love to meet your ex-wife one day. I don't think you'll ever meet my ex-wife, Red. Well, there's there's more to that story as well. And, uh, <gasps> and like Red stops. <laughs> That's not for here or this time. Promise me that if I speak to B... You'll tell me the rest of that story. I promise. I will tell you the entire story of my marriage to the goblin. Just her name before we go in. Just tell me her name. I. <sighs> Doran's eyes look up to the sky in sort of a, a memorable way. Her name was Kremelot Hagerfell. And Red is just like, <gasps> all right, deal. And they do a fantasy handshake and Red heads towards the tavern. Yeah, Red, as you go to open the door of the tavern, the door is opened by B, and she's standing on the other side. <gasps> ah, ah, ah. Oh. Hi. Red. B. 
you old so-and-so, how are you? And like, I imagine Kraloth and Jack are like behind her as well. I think there's definitely this moment of like, she can't turn back because there's Kraloth and I behind her and you can't turn yeah, back because Doran's yeah. right behind you and yeah. you're stuck there. <laughs> we're all standing in the doorway and there's like a little halfling like, excuse me, I'm trying to get in. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I've been looking all over for you. Yes, I know. I mean, I imagine so. Wow. I mean, were you? Yes, yes, I... I landed in Waterdeep a couple of months ago now. I was asking all around, and then it turned out that you'd passed through and I was able to pick up your scent. And uh, I followed you all the way here. Well, cool. Yes, and it's awfully nice to meet you. And Doran extended. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um. Uh. Hold on. Kraloth. Uh. Jack. Uh. Doran. This is my daughter. B. Hi. Um. Your daughter. Uh. Nice to meet Uh, you. uh, uh, Yes. Uh, oh, well... Uh, In a manner of speaking. Yes, it's a bit of a long, long story. story. Um, oh, well, And they, like, awkwardly hug. I kind of picture they put their arms around each other a little bit and, like... Uh, well... Are you planning to be in town long? No, yes. I mean, probably. Um, yes. And he looks towards Jack. Uh, no? Uh, no, probably not. We're, you know, on the road. I mean, there's a lot to tell you. Yes, I have a lot to tell you also. Yes. 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 Um, so, well, why don't you go first, and then I'll go. And then we can go. Well, um, maybe you guys should take one of the booths instead of we, us standing here in the middle of the doorway. That halfling's looking real eager. Can you fucking move, please? It's oh, right, of it's course. It's too late. Like, Bee's already got her pack, like, half unslung from her back, yeah. and she puts down everything, and she, like, unwraps this long mm. parcel that she has mm. with her. Oh, there's a long piece of canvas that she is unraveling from something and mm. she stands up with this bow in both of her hands and she holds it out to you, Red. Uh, what? Bead? What is this? It's a long bow. Its grip is made of woven strips of black leather. The light brown wood is worn in places but looks well cared for. It's recently been oiled. And Red, you recognize an image on the top, like the upper part of the bow. It's a little fish daubed in teal and blue paint. You recognize this bow. It's called the Dream Maker. B looks up at you as as she holds this bow out to you and she says, um, this is Rivers. And Red, just completely unlike him for all the time you've known him, he just reaches out and takes it in such a respectful, solemn way. Is she... Uh... All right? No, Red. She died. Wow. Um, your mother was... Uh, and he, like, kind of shakes it off and, and, and looks absently to the other three who are just, I'm yeah. assuming, slack-jawed. Uh, Doran, like, immediately redirects his eyes and, like, is <laughs> starts fiddling with something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Kraloth, Kraloth is, is... I think I need to sharp this. ...kind of gestures to Doran and Jack to... yeah. Come into a corner booth and sit down. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea. Maybe we set out two of the drinks and some of the food on one table, and we go sit in a different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Red just stands there looking at the bow. How did she die? It it doesn't matter now. B, I'm so sorry. I. Uh, That's okay. She was the best friend I could have ever asked for. I. Uh, I really don't. Get... That's all. That's all right. 
you should really have this. This is not, this is nothing that I should take from you. And he sort no, of pushes it no, back up towards No, Red, I, I have my own. Um, as I'm sure you know, an apprentice has to make their own bow. And so I've been working on this one. Right. I think it, it's pretty good, actually. The matron told me that I was to be your apprentice. Well, I did specifically ask her oh, to be your apprentice. You? Right. Um, but um, she said that it would be a fine gift for me to bring this right. to you. No, of course. Um, um, and yeah, I mean, that bow on your back looks great. You thank know, you. what can I teach you? Um, this is great. Really great. And Red sort of is looking to the door again and back to her. This is wonderful. Um, you know, and he takes like a half step towards the door. I I really appreciate everything you've done, B. And he takes another half step. And I think... And Doran kind of scooches to the edge of his seat and, and skips over to the door. And Red takes another half step towards the door. And I really appreciate everything that you've said and shared. But really, B, I can't be here. And he turns and runs right into Doran. Like, boom. Yeah. In fact, what Red is trying to say is he can't be here. He needs to bring you... To come sit down at the table with us over here. Because life often throws us different loops. And did Red just tell you that we recently uh, engaged in some battles with giants? Isn't that interesting, B? I feel like Red hit Doran so hard that he like fell back onto the floor. And as Doran's saying this, he's like looking at Red almost angrily, you mm-hmm. know, because it was so clear that Red was about to bolt again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and Red stands up and dusts himself and says, uh, y- yes. Um, and he walks back over to B and puts the bow back in the tube for the time being and, and gestures to the booth with the other three. Hmm. Huh. Anyway, I'm so sorry for being so awkward and bringing all of this um, history. Uh, you were obviously in the middle of something today. It sounds like from your friend, what your friends were saying, you've been very busy Yes, and actually we're recouping today, so we've got lots of time to rest and catch up mm-hmm. with our friends and family. Mm-hmm. Right, Red? Uh, mm. And Doran kind of like scoots in the booth next to Red so that there's no real uh, easy way to escape. Yes, right. Um, No, Doran's right, and uh, you know, we're all family here, really. Some of us more than others. But Kraloth is one of my best friends. Friends, mm. and I like gesture widely yeah. to Kraloth sitting across. Kraloth, did you know about B? Uh, Red hadn't said a thing. Oh, that's not true. You like, I'm like nervously eyeing between B and Kraloth. No, Her Kraloth. eyes get like giant cartoon kitten eyes. <laughs> of course I talked about B, Kraloth, remember? I told you uh, all and about it. You know what? And I'm going to do an insight roll. Nice. Okay. It's a good thing we got some expressive eyes <laughs> going on. And yeah. we're really glances. At I, give, I give Kraloth a meaningful glance to say, don't tell her that I said nothing about <laughs> her. I got a 20 for insight. Whoa! Nice. Am I able to suss out like what the situation is and the like? Sense Red's. Red is very loudly trying to tell Kraloth, please lie and say that I have told you a lot about this poor girl. So, so in this moment, now that Kraloth is kind of back, you know, to his senses, he sees what Red is going on, and I'm picturing like, whoop, yeah, like zoomed in on Red's face, and there's like sweat coming down, and just like, whoop, yeah, looks over at B, and B's like, like hesitantly looking, yeah, and then uh, he looks back at Red. Red's like nodding. Come on, buddy. I'm going to do a perception roll on B and her gear. So what can I just tell from the surface of B? <laughs> That's a 22. Please make it something that Red doesn't know. <laughs> 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 it makes no sense. Wow. Okay. 
She's wearing a piece of jewelry mm. that you don't recognize as having come from this continent. Mm. Uh, it's got some some feathers on it that seem fairly exotic. Okay. Orange sea glass. It looks like she's been collecting things from her travels. So although the like nuts and bolts of this piece of jewelry seem to be largely things you don't recognize, it looks like she's picked up like a pebble from the shore of the Deseret River where the stone bridge was and you know, she's she's got like a couple of things from Faerun sort of attached. It's like a charm bracelet, but with in like necklace version. So Kraloth comes back and just like zoom, comes back into focus. And he says, he didn't just talk about you. He sang your praises. That's right. He told me, oh, Kraloth, Kraloth, you should see B and how she is so fascinated by all the little things in the world. And I can see it a little bit in red as well. But with you, there's something special about you. Just look at that orange sea glass necklace you've got there. Red's told me about that, but I think you've collected some more things there too. Looks like some pebbles from a lake. Looks like some feathers. You're definitely right about her, Red. She's real special. That makes a deception just glowing. No, I don't want you to roll a deception because this girl is so desperate to believe what you're selling her, which mm-hmm. is that this tabaxi here that she's been looking for for so long actually gives a shit about her. Mm. So she wants to buy that line for sure. Doran's like looking at Kreelot like with wide eyes and he like leans in and whispers in Kreelot's ear. Is that really all true? <laughs> hmm, you try some of this, these tips here. I mean, that's right. B, I, I, of course, how couldn't I tell these guys about you? Um, and, uh, and you know, all of that we've been through. It, I mean, yes, I suppose. We spent some lovely times together, especially when I was younger. Not so much in the past few years. Well, you know, I mean, I the things that happened, being the explorer and all that. Look, I think this is a great reunion, and we wish you all the best. So, B, what, uh, what, what brings you to Faerun other than to uh, catch up with your father? And, uh, you know, do, do you have some other uh, things that you're planning to do here? Um, it's really less of uh, catch up with my father and more, I, I guess, discover my profession. Hmm. I was hoping to apprentice under him back in Mastica, and he disappeared. And so I thought, well, I suppose it's time to see a little bit of the world and came across the ocean. (laughs) So now that I found him, I think because the matron said that my apprenticeship was approved, Hmm, that uh, you would be able to commence teaching me. I, I mean, I, I think I think we all agree here that you know th- this isn't the time to uh, to train a you know a, a, a young girl. I, I think we have more pressing issues. Uh, no offense, B. And he sort of well, like nods uh, emptily I mean, to the other three. It is impeccable timing. It, it, do you know about Red? Did you tell her about what we've been doing, what we've been assigned with? Um. No. Yes. So far as uh, you know, things that uh, have happened. Giant wise, did I tell you I fought a fought a giant? Yeah. Oh yeah, we fought some giants. Mm. Um, this is w- that I can't train you, B. 
I think that's what we're all saying, right? Uh, sorry, uh, but uh, no, no, no luck here. Uh, good luck, though. Well, as Red is like making the motion with his hand, he's sort of looking to Kraloth, like this disappointed look, and like looking to Jack. Jack just sees his own dad reflected in you at the moment. You know, you know, all you have to do is just fletch, and uh, mm. but um, and then he tries to squeeze out. Like, very, very abruptly. But, you know, I, there's other things that I have to do. And he, like, slinks down underneath the table. Doran doesn't allow it. He throws his hand down on the table. You're going to sit right there, Red. And we're going to figure this out. B, why don't you join us? We are heading back to a giant She mount. doesn't need to join us. What are you talking about, Doran? B doesn't want to join us. She doesn't need to join us, right? I would love to join. No, you're not allowed. What are you doing? What? You listen here, Red. You're being really unfair. You've clearly abandoned this young girl from a very young age, and it's disgusting. It's disgusting to see this sort of behavior from you. Wait. From someone that I love and admire so much. Doran, what are you talking about? You want... You want B to come with us to be killed by giants. Well, I did. Like it happens to everyone around us. I, you you would bring someone as yeah, kids. Thank you, Jack. Well, Jack is the only one here that's got my back. Look. And he like nods at you. She doesn't necessarily have to come with us, but she should be involved. Like, in man, this. this is this is complicated. I don't need to be in the middle of this. I I didn't come here to be trouble for you, Red. I, well, you are trouble. Oh. Hey now, Red. You've traveled a long way, B. Mm. And it's clear that this situation is much more complicated than any of you bargained for. But the only way that we're going to get through it is if we sit down and we lay it all out on the table and Kraloth pushes away all of the empty dishes. Just speak openly and honestly and not be afraid of our feelings. And Red, now standing, sort of taking the movement from Jack, says... Well, good luck with that. And he leaves. You know, we've got this uh, house outside of town. I think we're going to start it up as some sort of orphanage for people whose fathers who have abandoned them, <laughs> you say, and the door's like just swinging and I'm like out in the night air. So feel free to come and stay there with us, B. This is certainly... Uh, Doran's now lost in thought. <laughs> well, I would be lying if I said that I had the closest relationship with Red, and I suppose coming here was a bit of a shot in the dark. I was hoping that he would be amenable to the orders of the matron and also to my request since my mother died, and I think maybe he just needs some time to process everything. Be. That's a very mature attitude for you to have. And I admire your ability to disconnect from the difficult emotions that I'm sure you're feeling. Mm. Yes, uh, of course. I think maybe I'll stay the night here at the inn. I, I would like you to understand that I'm quite capable of taking care of myself. And mm -hmm. I, I was serious when I suggested that I come and help you with whatever it is your mission designates you know mm. she is the daughter of uh red b you're gonna stay here the night yes we'll be sure to come by and touch base with you before we move down to grudhog she reaches her paw across the table and takes your hand kraloth and she looks deep into your eyes and she says i do not intend to let my father get away from me and then she stands up and goes upstairs. Mm. 
I'll, I'll see you guys around. I, I might try and walk over to the take the kids to the Hamford house. See if see if we can find some place for them to stay for tonight. I'll speak with Red Kriloth. Oh, why don't why don't you stick back and have a few more drinks with me? Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, there is something that we need to take care of before we leave too. So uh, let's have a few drinks and then let's uh, yes do that. Absolutely, Jack. We'll we'll meet you back at the manor. You and Red. See if you can find him on the way. Sounds like a plan. So Jack gets Elizabeth and Anthony packed up and ready to go and, and settles any tab with the bar and, and starts heading out towards the Hamperit house. You notice as you're walking that the kids' footsteps are starting to drag. Like they've been through quite the ordeal. They've traveled a lot today. They're little, they're tired. It's past their bedtime on the best yeah. of nights. And so it's starting to seem to you like a great idea to get them into a bed. Just a little further. Uh, why don't you walk up ahead there? See if you can. Uh, Jack's at a loss. He's not. He's not cut out for this fatherly <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Jack, as you're heading that way towards the Humprat household, you see that Red is just sitting under a large tree, sort of on the outskirts of town, just looking at a bow in his lap. Hey, you two, why don't you just walk up? Wait for me by the the gate over there. We'll be right there. It's almost. Oh, we're almost there. Uh, hey, you doing all right? Hey, Jack. I'm, I've been better, I think. Yeah, what a, what a day, huh? Yes, yes. Uh, You want to talk about it, Aaron? And he just looks at the bow in his lap for a long time and says, you know, she looks so much like her mother. B. Yeah? River, right? What was, what was her name? (sighs) Branch of a river. Oh, beautiful. She was my best friend the vast majority of my life, and when I left, I always regretted not bringing her with me. Would she have come? No. She had B. Her life was complete. I recognize why I look like the world's worst father in there, but... I know one who's got you beat, don't worry. Does it help my case at all if I say that B, for all of her glory, was more of a favor to River? I'm not what you'd call someone who's really interested in having a relationship of that sort. He says sort of through like a cringe, as if even in tabaxi culture, sort of being asexual isn't welcomed. But uh, River was someone I love very dearly, as far as I could love someone, and she really wanted to bring a piece of me into this world along with her, and uh, I was happy to oblige. That sounds like a really complicated set of decisions um you know it wasn't actually no it was probably the easiest decision i've ever had to make Hmm. but what to do after how to handle a problem that i couldn't see a solution to that was difficult it's not that river wanted me to be a part of b's life but b so wanted to have something in her life that was me and she deserves that but how do i be that Do you want to be that? I want her to have it. She's the best version of anything I could ever be. Jack, she is smarter. And God, what a sense of humor. I remember playing with her when she was little, back when I was just Uncle Red, because River wasn't sure how to address it. (laughs) But she would light up my life in no way that I could ever find a comparison. I don't have any answers for you, Red. With everything happening in the world, 
right now. Despite all the dangers, can you imagine what we got went through walking across that bridge or walking through the the lands? Mm. You know, at the end of the day, it's dangerous out there, and to leave her following after us to just try and run away—that's not going to end well for her. But what if she dies on her own out there in the world? It would be a travesty to lose another light like she is in this world. But if it's at our hand. Jack, this is why this scares me, this responsibility, this this ownership of another life. It, it's nothing that I can... I can barely manage my own life. I, I can't even imagine what, what role I would have in hers. And if I was bad at it, if I couldn't do it as well as I could take a shot, or if, 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 if she fell because of me... Unconscionable. I can't even imagine how you would feel. Then how? How do I proceed? How do I make... How do I give her what she deserves? There is a middle ground between leaving her trailing after us on her own through danger and bringing her with us, leading the pack or standing beside you. I don't know. I don't have any answers for you, Red. And Red stands up and sort of puts a hand on Jack's shoulder. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll wrap an arm around Red and sort of give me a half hug. You make a lot of good points, Jack. I think Red looks back to town and towards the Humprat household. And for the first time, he sort of goes towards his problem. And he says, you're right. Good night. And he heads back towards town, back towards B. So after a little while, Kraloth, you and Doran have hoisted some brews together. So Kraloth, after yeah, slamming back several beers with Doran, he stands up and he's, he's not tipsy at all. Mm-hmm. You're a big and, guy. Yeah. And uh, he says, uh, well, I think we should probably head back to the villa soon. But um, mm. yeah, will you come with me, Doran? There's something I want to take care of. I would like nothing better than to go with you on this nicely lit evening and see what sort of trouble we can get into. So you guys open the doors of the tavern. And we step out into the cold, cool night air. And uh, we start walking. We don't really say anything to each other, but um, we get to uh, the entrance to the graveyard in town. Mm -hmm. And um, I lead Doran in and on the side, there's like this wagon with a couple coffins. Oh, I see. This is where you, uh, this is where you and Jack dropped off the the body of Galvin. That's right. He was a brave soul. Uh, Come on, help me out with this. (laughs) Doran doesn't really say anything. He just lifts the end. We walk the coffin over to the, the grave and we slowly lower it in and um, begin to cover it. And Kraloth looks back up at the stars and says, Doran, can I tell you something? You can tell me anything you like. I feel like, uh, I feel like there might be something wrong with me. What do you, what do you mean? The, uh, the Hemperat woman. Mm. I had no problem putting her to her end. I have expected to be afraid or reluctant or maybe resolved that it was the right thing to do, but instead, uh, it just felt like nothing. No pain, no resolve, no reluctance, just emptiness. Have you ever felt that way? Well... The, uh, 
The conversation tonight, uh, my my ex-wife came up. Her name was Kremlot. She was a she was a goblin. You know, when when I met her and, and actually when I fell in love with a goblin, it was I was torn between two worlds. My world, in which I was brought up to fear and hate goblin and orcish kind. Uh-huh. And, and then all of a sudden falling into a world where I was now in love with what others would presume to be my enemy. That must have been confusing. It became even more confusing when I took up arms in a battle and and I didn't know it at the time, but I, I actually slaughtered Krumlot's entire family. And, and I felt nothing but success and the surge of adrenaline. I was empowered over the defeat of my enemies. Why do we enjoy killing nearly as much as we enjoy loving? This is a paradigm. Feeling things that we feel like we shouldn't feel. Or in my case, not feeling those things. Kraloth. And Doran reaches up on his tippy toes and he puts his hand on your shoulder. Oh. <laughs> so cute. And he puts his other hand on the back of your neck and he tilts your head down to him. Mm. He says, it is only human for you to feel these conflicts. For if you didn't feel any conflict, then I would know there was something wrong with you. Mm. Come now, let us bury Galvin. Thank you, Doran. And he begins to shovel dirt in. And he turns and he looks up at you and he says, By the way, that hamper felt she was, she was real scum. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Kralon uh, shakes his head. That's, and... that's a classic Doran move because he got the name wrong when his heart was there. Well, that's that. Yeah, why don't we uh, head back up to the manor and uh, get ourselves some sleep? Absolutely. And you see Doran kind of pushing this makeshift cross that they've put together mm. out of some fence boards that were lying around. Rest well, Galvin. You're a brave soul. And Jack, you're back at the manor. Are you just heading straight to bed or did you want to get anything done in the middle of the night? I mean, definitely going to find a bed for Liz and Tony, the children. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> Nicknamed them already, eh? Well, Anthony, Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Anthony is a lot. A lot of mouth. I don't actually like that short form. Yeah. My listen, name is Elizabeth. Um, listen. Named after my uh, grandma, so. Stop it. <laughs> it's been a long day. Shut up, kid. It's been a really long day. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think there's too much. Like, I'm not going to wake Dallas or whoever else is around just to sort of deal with that in the morning. It's pretty late. Yeah, there's there's definitely evidence of a couple of visitors at the manor. Um, but yeah. it's late. You don't want to wake anyone up. Mm. Yeah, and Red actually is going to sleep in town. But before he goes to bed, I'm going to do one last thing. So Red heads back to Belliard, and maybe 20 minutes after B lays down before falling asleep, she hears a knock at the door to her room. Oh, okay. B gets up, and she goes to the door, and she... But he's already gone. Oh, okay. Red so she has opens it. sort of run down the hall. <laughs> a keen eye, you know, would, would see him leaning around the corner. But what she sees is a is like a small, simple box at her feet. And as she picks it up, there's just a note on the top that just says, was happy to see you, dad. And as she opens the box, she sees a suit of studded leather armor. Mm-hmm. 
Emotions run high around here. That's probably because of how much we love our Patreon supporters, especially our great old ones, Christopher Ryan Evans and Adam Fry. You make us a better team. <laughs> There's like this wagon with a couple uh, empty coffins, just kind of like, I guess it's like, uh, you know, DIY. Take one, leave one. <laughs> Take one. Graveyard buffet. Take a coffin, leave a coffin. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.